This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton with Andrew Cherkasky. Dave, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Andy. How are you today? I'm great. You know, beginning of a week, we've had a couple of days since our last show. It, and there's there's something new out there. You know, you and I, we keep telling each other we're we're done talking about COVID every day. We're done talking about the the following the news on it. But there's an outbreak. You know, Andy, I try to stay as positive as I possibly can at all times. You know that about me. I try to take uh, the course. negative, turn it into a positive, right. and always look through the lens of positivity than down the barrel of negativity. But you can't escape this. At the end of the day, the numbers are the numbers, right? We're seeing the surge. Arizona, Florida, parts of California, it's out there, Texas, we're seeing it. The question is, how is it affecting businesses, people today? What are we seeing? Yesterday, you know, I was quite surprised. I look at the numbers every day, Andy, 39,000 new cases, but less than 300 fatalities. Now, 300 fatalities is still a big number. Yeah, but this is in two weeks the fatalities hit. You, so, get, you get the new case, and then you've got the delay until the fatalities come. Okay, so we shouldn't see the rise yet is what you're saying. The deaths, I wouldn't expect them to be. I think that they they seem to happen in concert 10 to 14 days after the new cases come You out. know, look, at the end of the day, this is scary. And we've all been saying this since the beginning. Until there's a vaccine, it's not going away. It's still front and center. Really, what has to happen now is you need to go out, be as protective as you can. Same thing CDC keeps saying every day, but you still need to go out with your lives. I feel like at the end of the day, this cannot be front and center. You still need to live your life. You just need to respect and be cautious. Don't go out without a mask. Don't go into certain areas that probably you shouldn't be. And what does that mean? Shouldn't be, right? Right. Somebody said that to me today. Don't go out in areas you shouldn't be. Where are those areas? What does that that mean? mean? Yeah. More on this and my opinion on this in just a second, but first a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Loner2Owner.com. Loner2Owner.com, the only website dedicated to helping dealerships showcase, promote, and sell their loaner vehicles. Stop by Loner2Owner.com to market your loaner inventory. Dave, I don't know that I have formed a real opinion on this. You know, I've been uh, I've been pretty restrictive on my COVID uh, maneuvers. You know, I've done only really what I've needed to do. My family has stayed relatively isolated through this time, but I had started changing my attitude towards that. We started to have people over. We went to dinner a couple of times. You know, some of these things with the right precautions, I felt somewhat comfortable doing. All along, I was saying, is there going to be another outbreak? Is there going to be another outbreak? We didn't see one. Now we're starting to see one. And this feels like what they were talking about all along. This is kind of that nightmare scenario. What else would we be expecting to see if it wasn't a nightmare scenario? So now we get ourselves to this question of, have we come to accept the fact that whether you call it herd immunity, whether you call it just the facts of life, people are going to get it, people are not going to get it, and you just got to kind of deal with that. That's where I'm starting to wonder, where do I have to fall in in what my risk acceptance is in terms of going out? I put on a seatbelt when I get in a car, but I still drive my car. I could be in a terrible accident. Something terrible could happen to me. I accept the risk that comes along with driving in a car. I haven't made my mind up about this. I'm Look, you know, I'm walking around the California, around the parks, and they're still as closed as could be. Nothing's open. You go to some other states, it's a different feeling. It's a different vibe. So with that different feeling and vibe, it might be easier for parents to accept that risk that exactly you're talking about. Look, let's switch gears. 
we do this show because of, you know, because of the idea of giving back to the automotive industry, the automotive community, the feeling that we have so many incredible resources surrounding us, Andy, that we want to give these back to the industry and let the industry hear from some of the greatest leaders, greatest executives, greatest dealer principals, really understand what they're doing now and how they're weighing their risk, right? What they're doing directly in their showrooms. Today, we have an incredible guest. You know, the biggest thing that's front and center that I'm hearing from everyone out there are new car inventories. You know, what does that mean? Are we going to have new car inventories throughout the month of July? You know, 4th of July sales are usually something that dealers prepare weeks ahead of time for between their marketing, between their, between making sure they have their, that they're staffed properly, barbecue crews coming in, all these different things that are critical to have the greatest outcome for a 4th of July sale and then carry that sale throughout the entire month because you get some great momentum to kick off the month of July. This is a completely different scenario. This is not like beginning the season with President's Day or beginning the season with with Memorial Day weekend. Fourth of July kicks off the summer selling season and dealers might not have new cars to sell for the entire summer. So today we got a great guest, Brian Finkelmeyer, another incredible Cox Executive, Senior Director of New Car Solutions at B Auto. He's got his eagle eye on new car inventory and trends, and he's waiting to come on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this afternoon, we have another incredible Cox Executive, Brian Finkelmeyer, Senior Director of New Car Solutions at V Auto. Brian, good afternoon, and how are you doing today? Hey, we're doing great uh, here today in Nashville, Tennessee. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to be on your show. It's great to have you on the show, Brian. And, you know, look, it's critical at this time to really understand your inventory. And I I know that you uh, wrote a great piece, New Car Inventory Roulette. And and, and you got a great response from the dealers back in May. Uh, I want to read a little piece of that, if that's okay with you. Sure. Our country and world face the most challenging crisis of the past hundred years. Yet new car sales are only down 7% versus a year ago. The resilience of the U.S. car industry and the American consumer is truly remarkable. But production falloff has dealers wondering if they'll have any inventory or the right inventory to sell, if anything. That could do to... That could do to ensure both inventory and sales strategies align for success. I have the answers. So, Brian, every dealer's greatest concern today is really the unknown. Are we going to have new car inventory to sell in the month of July or August? Before we brought you on, Andy and I were speaking about how important 4th of July sales are. It really is the beginning of the summer, kicks off the summer selling season, that 4th of July momentum sale carries throughout the entire month and not having inventory on the ground is, is, is critical to how the auto industry is going to develop over the next three months. And I'm understanding that you got some answers for us. So I want to turn it over to you. What answers do you have for the new car dealers of what they need to do to better control their new car inventories? Yeah. So I think, uh, Dave, that, you know, it is just such an interesting moment um, in the auto industry with so many new dynamics that we're dealing with. And the one of which that's particularly interesting to me is the fact that typically, you know, being a former factory guy I made more than my fair share of phone calls asking dealers to take inventory they didn't need. 
And now we're in a scenario where the total uh, inventory across America is down about a million cars from what it was before the pandemic. And as I've talked to different friends of mine that work at different OEMs, um, we are going to be in for a, a rocky ride here, I think, for the foreseeable future in terms of being able to replenish shelves. Because as, as you know, many plants dealing with just COVID cases inside plants, I've read about challenges in Detroit with that. And then obviously the global supply chain of parts coming in from all um, can create a lot of challenges for car companies to build build new new vehicles. So I think you know as we look out to the future, I think a couple of things smart dealers are doing. One of which is is spending a little extra time to make darn sure that if you know I used to get a hundred cars a month in my allocation and I ordered a few of the wrong pieces, no big deal. Now if I only get sixty cars, I better make darn sure that I'm hitting at a much higher batting average. So I think there needs to be a real um, increased focus and attention uh, on having the appropriate mix and having things kind of dialed in at the model trim color level. So we're stocking the fast moving inventory because one of the related points that I would make is that every car company, whether it's General Motors or Audi, uh, rewards dealers on a turn and earn basis. And so that necessitates that dealers that are turning their inventory the fastest and maintaining a low day supply are going to be the ones that are re rewarded with uh, the, their unfair share, so to speak, of the what production is going to be available. So I think if there was ever a time for dealers to really hone in on that new car inventory management piece, I think certainly that time is now. So Brian, with all the fluctuation in the inventory that we see right now, how long does it take us to return back to a place of normal? Is this something that we're just waiting for the factories to be back up to normal? Is this something that that uh, the new car model and in, in the, when the 2021s hit, what what's the future for this? When do when does this inventory issue end? Well, I, I think certainly you know the the health situation of once we get this uh, COVID under control is going to provide for, uh, you know, return to normalcy in so many facets of our life. Clearly production is one of those. I, I did find it interesting that, you know, for 2020, North American production is forecast to be down about three and a half million units, which is pretty significant number. And so I think your question is, hey, when can we expect to get those 3.5 million cars back? I, I think the best that we could hope for would be sometime in 2021 that we could begin uh, that pathway back to sort of normal production volumes. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, through every crisis like this, there are lessons learned. And I think hopefully one of the lessons learned for both the OEMs as well as the dealers is how can we manage uh, inventory more efficiently? You know, there was a really interesting study done a few months ago by J.D. Power where they found that about 12% uh, of the model combinations represented 75% of the sales in the industry. So even uh, almost the 80-20 rule, but almost even more extreme than that, that you know, just a, a small fraction of the different combinations really drives the volume. And there's a lot of unicorns out there, these onesie-twosie cars um, that tend to slow down sales velocity. And I think you know, hopefully one of the takeaways from this COVID situation will be car companies taking a closer look in the mirror and saying, hey, do we really need to build that orange hero color sedan that that's sells in very, very low uh, quantities, but we run it in our commercial? Um, I, I think that, you know, there's going to be hopefully some learnings from this that um, 
helps make the entire industry run more efficiently. You know, Brian, we've been speaking about this for decades, right? Manufacturers building that one plum or one orange, you know, one fluorescent green car because they put it in their advertising commercials, their tier one TV. And then before you know it on your allocation, you get seven of them, right? And if you don't take exactly. the seven the next month on the next allocation, you're kind of screwed. You know, to your point, exactly. these manufacturers need to do a better job of building and, and, and offering the right inventories. And dealers, I got to, you know, look, let me give more credit to the manufacturer than the dealer in this situation. Dealers need to do a much better job of understanding their allocation, their inventories, and their and their prior sales reports to know what they to know what they need to order based upon what they sold. You know, let me throw this at you. You know, you are a Nissan guy for over a decade, right? You sit you sit and see all the data for V Auto. What percentage of dealers do you really think looks at what they sold before they? order their allocation or are they just either taking everything or taking the same cars over and over again? Yeah, I think there's definitely some recency bias where, you know, we had a hot weekend on red cars. So let's go ahead and order some more red cars without really analyzing the, the data, as you say. And I will tell you sort of a funny anecdote is that we had done a study a couple of years ago where we surveyed dealers and asked them how much time a month do they dedicate to new car inventory management? And that came back at about two hours. And so I was in a presentation. I shared that stat. And after the stat, uh, a dealer came up to me and says, I have to challenge you on that two hours. And I thought for sure he was going to say we spend way more than that. And he said, that's a complete exaggeration of how much time gets spent managing new car inventory. It's nowhere near two hours. And so I think one of the things that I've thought about a lot is that you know, our new car, I should say our used car inventories might be a million bucks. And we've got used car managers inside the V auto tool on a daily basis, um, massaging prices, merchandising, how we promote things on auto trader cars.com, et cetera. It's a, you know, very granular analysis on a daily basis as where dealers are watching the market, almost like the stock market. But in the new car side of the business where we have, you know, eight, 10, $12 million of inventory tied up often is the case where we just don't really pay that close of attention. And I think there's a bit of a, almost a defeatist mentality where some dealers just say, well, there's only so much I can do, but I will, you know, I'm here to tell you that I've met a, a lot of dealers from across the variety of brands that absolutely have looked at how they can make their new car inventory, a competitive advantage for them in the marketplace. And, I, and I'm here to tell you that that pays a lot of dividends. You know, Brian, I'm going to call BS, not to you, but to the dealers out there that say they're A, doing everything they need to do to manage their new car inventory, or B, saying that they don't have someone in control of that. Because let's face it, I was a new car dealer for a long time, and we would stock 30, 35 million of new car inventory, but only 4 million of pre-owned inventory. So to your point, my used car manager would get in and out of every single car. There was never a pre-owned car that didn't start. There was never a pre-owned car that didn't have a full tank of gas. There was never a pre-owned car that was dirty. Then you go to your new car inventory, right? $30 million worth. And I'll never forget when I took my eye off the ball and I go out there and there's 25 plus cars with damage. There's 50 cars that we don't have keys to open up the doors. And you know what I figured that out? During a snowstorm, when we were plowing our lot and I'm out there, okay, because I, I, I walk out there, I see a line of five cars here, four cars there, six cars back there. I'm going, guys, why don't we just move everything and make it easier? 
We don't have keys. Cars out yeah. of gas. I mean, how could that possibly be? There are new car managers in each and every new car dealership. Your job is to make sure that the product that you're being paid a commission on to sell is presentable to the consumer. And it's in the best ability to be presented to that consumer. We're not talking about just cars you put on the showroom floor. That car out in the parking lot should look and feel just as good because when a customer comes in and says, I love that purple Pathfinder on the showroom floor, but I really want a silver one. And when you go pull up that silver one, it should present itself, maybe not as clean, but as nice and as as fresh as the one on the showroom floor. Do you agree or not? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Dave, one of the things I'm thinking about is that <clears throat> in the used car business, there is a direct relationship between high aging and low gross commissions paid to used car managers. So they've sort of in a way been trained by their pay plan to pay closer attention to those, those cars that have been sitting out on the lot because they know that it's gonna have an adverse effect on their pay plan. Unfortunately, for a hundred years in the new car business, if I do a lousy job as a desk manager and to your story, we've got 15 cars missing keys, we've got dirty inventory, we've got all these slew of problems, if that doesn't directly impact my pay plan, I'm very unlikely to change my behavior. And so I, I've sort of advocated that, you know, if I was running a store, I would make darn sure that our desk managers and inventory managers were directly compensated based on how much floor plan profit I made. And if we started making floor plan profit a part of people's pay plans, I can assure you that we would not find 15 cars on your lot with missing keys. Because now we now we're getting into somebody's pay um, paycheck to drive that behavior, and so you know I sometimes think about if I if I was a you know an investor that had fifteen million dollars, I can only wish, and my guy at Merrill Lynch you know had no consequence whatsoever if if my fifteen million was invested poorly, that's probably a bad setup. But often is the case in the new car business, the 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 dealer principal gives his managers access to $15 million worth of capital, very little oversight, very little. There's no quarterly report like we do with our Merrill Lynch guy to say, how am I performing versus the market? And, I, and I've, you know, we've at V Auto for a long time said, we need to begin thinking about this more like an investor. And, and kind of going back to my earlier point, how can I load up on the stocks that are selling well? That 12% of the combinations that generate 75 percent of the sales. How good of a job did I do last month in my allocation of ordering those cars? I, I think it's very simple. You know, Brian, I used to have an expression in the auto industry, uh, act as if, right? There should never be a time you're not acting as if the business is yours. And when a desk manager, when a sales manager, when a general manager is acting as if it's theirs, you bet your ass that inventory is going to be ready to go and it's not going to be sitting out there with no gas and no keys to start that car. Floor plan exactly. profitability in managers' pay plans. Ladies and gentlemen, hear it from Brian Finkelmeyer. Make sure all your managers understand the importance behind ensuring you have the right inventory on the ground. Brian, I absolutely love your idea of tying in floor plan financing profit to every manager's pay plan. That will ensure, okay, that aged inventory does not exist. Brian, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Stay healthy and stay safe. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. Dave, what a good interview with, uh, with Brian. You know, 
the whole inventory thing has really been quite confusing for me. This is crazy. I mean, we, we start with this, with the concern that we're going to have too much inventory. We've got cars just sitting on the lot, but we've been predicting this and our guests on the show have been talking about this for months now, really since April, that the, that the low inventory is going to have a long-term effect and probably more effect than even the, the sales issues that we had in late March, April, and May. Andy, there are three components, three key ingredients to operating any business, people, process, product. And when you eliminate one of those three, it's a tragedy. It's a crisis upon you and it's here today. And unfortunately, after dealing with this pandemic, after dealing with everything else that dealers have dealt with, now they're dealing with consumers willingly wanting to come to their showrooms, wanting to go car shopping, leases coming due that they want. They want the ability to exchange and they don't have the proper inventory to do so. So this is just a supply and demand issue. This is like economics 101. This is, this is basic economics 101. You hit it right on the head and dealers are going to learn from this. And this is going to be another page of the pandemic book that dealers are going to be able to be a little bit more proactive on. And I'm telling you guys right now, Sandy Schwartz said it the other day, the CEO and president of Cox, they're hearing that dealers post-pandemic are going to go back to their own old ways of operating. No, no, no. Everyone must adjust and understand that there is a new way of operating and we need to be more proactive now and in the future than we ever have before. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day. Stay healthy and stay safe. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.